Well, thank you for joining us once again as we continue our study on the book of Romans. Again, we're looking at a verse-by-verse, verse, very in-depth study uh, of this, and I pray it's a blessing to you and uh, that God uses this for His glory. And so as we're looking at this, we're continuing to look at Romans chapter 1 and verse 7. Last week, we looked at uh, began looking at the two adjectives that God uh, used here, the Apostle Paul used to describe uh, the church of Rome, and as he did, and as he began to address the church, of Rome, uh, specifically in Romans chapter 1 and verse 7, he says, To all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so here, uh, the Apostle Paul, he used two adjectives to describe them. First of all, uh, he told them that they are beloved. They are the beloved of God in Rome. Now, we looked at that last week. And so today, what we're going to look at, we're going to look at called as saints. Now, what does it mean to be called as saints? Uh, something I want you to understand that as he uses the word called here, uh, we already talked about this a little bit, but it's not the call unto salvation. Absolutely, we have to have that call unto salvation. The Bible tells us unless the Father draws us, unless the Spirit draws us, that we can't be saved. And so we need that call unto salvation, but this is not what the Apostle Paul is talking about right here. He is talking about the call of God as saints. And so we're called as saints. So basically, what does that mean to be called? That is a work of God. To be called is a work of God. It's not something that man can do. Man cannot call somebody. Man cannot call somebody from being something that they weren't as a heathen in this particular case to being a saint. Man can't do that. Man can't do that on their own. A mother can't call their child into doing that. A father can't call his son uh, into doing that. And so as we look at this and begin to understand, this is an act of God. And so when you see called as, or that word called, that's an act of God. That's something that only God is capable of doing. Nobody else can do that. And so we need to fully understand that and comprehend that. So who is he talking about right here? This is a reference to the church. I need you to understand that. As we look at this, this is a reference to the church, to all who are beloved loved of God in Rome called as saints. And so last week we looked in depth at that as we looked at the beloved of God in Rome and we specifically came to the understanding that here it was that he was talking about the church. And so when we looked at called as saint, called as saints, we also need to understand uh, that he is also talking about the church. He's talking about those who are Christians, those who have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, not those who need to be saved, but those who are saved. We see this also in Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, uh, we see this in beginning in verse 28. He says, uh, he says right here, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And so when we look at this, we understand something. Uh, we know that God causes all things to work together for good. For who? For those who love God and for those who are called according to his purpose. And so when we begin to think about that, that verse right there is greatly misused in many times, but those that it is working out together for good are those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. 
purpose. That's not for a particular country. That's not for a particular people group. That is for Christians. That is for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. And so we need to keep that in context when we begin uh, to talk about that scripture. But then he goes on in verse 29. He says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. So first of all, uh, I'm I'm not going to look at predestined right now. That's a whole other topic on its own. What we need to concentrate on right now is for the fact that it is his will, that he also predestined for what? To become conformed to the image of his son, to be conformed to the image of his son. That is God's will for his children. That is God's purpose. That is God's calling. That is God's work to be conformed to the image of his son. And so as we begin to recognize that, God then begins a process in us. God then begins a work in us to conform us in the image of his son. And, and so it says as we as the firstborns among many brethren. So who is the firstborn among many brethren? That is Jesus Christ, who is the firstborn among many brethren. Then it goes on in verse 30, and it says, These whom he predestined, he also called. There's that word called again. What did he call them to be? It goes on and it says, and these whom he called, he also justified and those who he justified, he also glorified. And so there's a couple of things that we look at right here. When we begin to think about this again, remember we're holding all of this in the context of being sanctified or sanctification or those who are sanctified. Well, first of all, those whom he called, he justified. Now we looked at that a couple of weeks ago. And when we looked at that a couple of weeks ago, we understand that because of our sins, we're condemned, right? And in our sins, as being in our sins, we are condemned. That is being found guilty. What are we found guilty of? We're found guilty of our sins. The fact is we have sinned. Everyone sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible makes that extraordinarily clear that everyone has sinned. But because of the grace of God and only because of the grace of God, we have been justified. How are we justified? We're justified. Again, we already talked about this more uh, more in depth, but we're justified simply by putting our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ and the finished work that he did through his death and his burial and his resurrection through the shedding of uh, of his blood for the remission of sin. And so through that, us putting our faith in Jesus Christ and d- doing absolutely nothing more than putting our faith in Jesus Christ, we are justified. So it's a gift of grace. Why is it a gift of grace? Because we are sinners and because of our sins, we deserve condemnation. Instead, Jesus went to the cross for 
for us, and Jesus then provided that way for us to put our faith in him and our trust in him, believe on him for salvation, and through that, we are justified, not by anything that we deserve, but by the work that Jesus Christ has done uh, in the gospel through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And so as we look at this, those whom he called, he also justified, and those, those whom he justified, he also glorified. Those who are in Christ are glorified. They are glorified. And one day we're going to be in a glorified body. One day we're going to be in a glorified state. But as we're glorified, why are we glorified? Because we are sanctified. And that's something that we need to understand. Now, what does that word sanctified mean? It means to be set apart or it means to be made holy. And so as the Bible tells us that we are sanctified, we begin to understand something that here it is that as a child of God, we are sanctified. We are set apart. We are set apart for Jesus Christ. He has justified us. He has glorified us. And we are set apart for Jesus Christ. We are sanctified. And so when we think about this and we begin to understand this, the Bible says a couple of interesting things right here. And it seems like the Bible is contradicting itself, but rest assured the Bible is absolutely not contradicting itself. And so when we understand this and we begin to look at this and we begin to look at the work of God and what God has done in calling us as saints, we're called as saints. And so that is to the church, that is to the believer, that is a done deal. We are called as saints. Well, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13, by the way, the apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote this as well. He says, but we ought also to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. And so they're saved through the Spirit and they're saved through belief in the truth, but also by the sanctifying work. Now, that word sanctifying would be a word of in progress or in process. So we're being sanctified. We're being made holy. Well, thoughts just got through saying that we are sanctified, that we are made holy. Well, in the Spirit, we are holy. In the Spirit, we are sanctified. But in the flesh, we are being made holy. We are being sanctified. In the flesh, we are not a completed word. As, yet, as of yet. When is that going to take place? When we stand face to face with Jesus Christ. That is when that's going to take place. When we see him, when we're with him, when we behold him, we're going to be as he is. But between now and then, we are a work in progress. Now, the reality is that we need to understand that we are sanctified. We are made holy. 
the very fact that we can have a relationship with God is testimony to the fact that we are sanctified and we are made holy. Because apart from the fact of being sanctified in the spirit, in 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 our uh, in that spiritual realm of being sanctified and being made holy, we can't stand in the presence of God. Nothing unholy, nothing unrighteous can stand in his presence. And so as we recognize that, we are both sanctified and being sanctified. So in the spirit, we are sanctified. In the flesh, we are being sanctified. We also see in Acts chapter 26 and verse 18, this is the words of Jesus that the apostle Paul is quoting. And he said, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, that we may receive forgiveness of sin and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. And so first of all, it says that they're going to receive forgiveness of sin. If you don't have any sin within your life, you're holy, right? And so if those sins have been forgiven, those sins have been cast out, those sins are removed from you as far as the east is from the west. And guess what? If you have no sin, you are holy. You are sanctified. And so as Jesus says right here, those who have been sanctified by faith in me. How are we justified? By faith in Jesus Christ. How are we glorified? By faith in Jesus Christ. How are we sanctified? By faith in Jesus Christ. So by faith in Jesus Christ and the work that he has done, we are sanctified. It is a done deal. We are sanctified. It happens the moment that you place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, you are sanctified. It is a done deal. It is finished. The work of Jesus Christ has been completed. It was completed on the cross of Calvary. It was completed in you the moment that you placed your faith and your trust in the person of Jesus Christ. First Corinthians chapter six and verse 11 says this, and such were some of you. Let me stop right here in just a minute and remember verse uh, 10, the verse right before this first Corinthians chapter six and verse 10 says the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. It goes through a list right there. It goes through, you know, adulterers, fornicators, homosexuals, the infamous, uh, drunkards, idolaters, uh, liars, thieves. It goes through that long list right there. But ultimately what it's saying right here is the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Sinners, those who are in their sins, those who are identified in those sins, those who are living in those sins, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. So then the apostle Paul goes on in the next verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11, and such were some of you, such were some of you. That's not you anymore. Why? Because you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And what happened when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, as Paul explains here in 1 Corinthians 6, 11, and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, 
you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So you were washed. In other words, you were cleansed. You were Your sins were forgiven you. And as a result of that, you were sanctified. And as a result of that, you are justified and all of it in the name of Jesus Christ. So you were past tense right there. You were. The moment you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, you were sanctified. It is a done deal. It has already happened, and it happens the moment that you place your faith in Jesus Christ. It was paid for and completed every bit of the work on the cross of Calvary through his death, through his burial, and through his resurrection, but it was completed in you at the moment of salvation. This is God's call or God's work within the life of a believer called as saints. Again, we need to understand that's nothing that man can do. You can't make yourself holy. Nobody else can can declare you as sanctified. You, you can't have a pope or anybody else or a council that, that, that then canonizes you and and declares you because you did that this, that, or the other. You did a miracle or you did something, and so they're going to declare you as saints. No, that, that's not biblical at all, not, not even remotely close to biblical. What is biblical is the fact that the moment you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven you, you are justified, and you are sanctified. That is not only clear in Scripture, that is extraordinarily clear within Scripture. So the word saint means to be set apart. Who are we set apart for? We're set apart for Jesus Christ. We're taken out of this world. Again, what did Jesus say in Acts 26, verse 18? To open their eyes so they may turn from darkness and to light. From the domain of Satan to God. And so we're no longer in darkness. We're in light. We're no longer in the domain of Satan. We're in God. We are set apart for God through Jesus Christ, through faith in Jesus Christ. So this calling excludes all non-believers. This calling excludes every non-believer, those who are still in darkness, those who are still walking in the domain of Satan, those who are not in the light, and those who are not in God, those who have not placed their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. As it excludes all non-believers, friends, we need to understand it includes all believers. All believers, every single believer, every believer is considered a saint. Every believer is called as a saint. Now, don't get all prideful. Don't get the big head. It doesn't mean that you act saintly. Remember, our flesh is a work in progress, but in the eyes of God, we are declared as saints because in the spirit, we are saints. That's the only reason that we can have a relationship with Jesus Christ as being called by saints. We've been justified. Our sins have been forgiven. We're no longer guilty of those sins, and therefore, we are sanctified. 
justified. And again, not by anything that we have done, but by what Jesus Christ has done on the cross of Calvary. So saints are not just the super holy. Saints are not just the super spiritual. Saints are every single believer, every single person who has placed their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. I want you to understand something that Paul referred to the churches of Rome, the church of Corinth, the church of Ephesus, the church of Philippi, the church of Colossae. He referred to each one of those churches as saints. He called the church of Corinth in both 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians saints. And so when we understand that the word saint is used 61 times in the New Testament, and each time it was used in reference to those who were who were alive. It's not used to those who were dead. It was used for those who are alive. And so we need to understand that. We need to recognize that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 2, the apostle Paul wrote to the church of Corinth, and he says, to the church of God which is in Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling. With all who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. So, He called the church of Corinth, the church which is in Corinth, he says, those who have been sanctified and saints by calling. So it's interesting here. He said, not only are they, but he said, with all who are in every place called on the name of, call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and Ours. So what is he saying right here? Corinth, not only are you sanctified and not only are you saints by calling, but so also is every other person who is called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is their Lord, and he's also our Lord. They're saints, and they're saints by calling, by an act of God, by the work of God, and they are sanctified. Now, I want you to understand Though the Apostle Paul called the folks at the church of Corinth sanctified, it didn't mean that they were saintly. It didn't mean that they had their act altogether. It also doesn't give us the right that though we're sanctified, it gives us the right to act unsaintly. No, we need to act as though we're called. In fact, if we're not, it might be a very demonstration that we're not called in the first place and God is not at work within our life. But as we begin to look at this, Church of Corinth had problems. Church of Corinth had some pretty serious problems. In fact, the Apostle Paul called them out for those problems. He called them out uh, as, as he looked at this. He called them mere men. He called them carnal. They were carnal. They were acting like mere men. They were not acting like spiritual men. They were not acting saintly. And so when we begin to understand that, what was the problem? The problem was that there was division in the church. So division doesn't sound like a very big deal. It's a very big deal. It's an extremely big deal when there's division in the church. They were acting like mere men. They weren't acting like spiritual men. They were acting carnal. They were certainly not acting saintly, but he called them saints. He reminded them of who they were, trying to tell them, hey, You guys need to straighten your act up. You need to act as though you are because you are. You need to act 
as those who are sanctified because you're sanctified. You need to act as those who are called as saints because guess what? You're called as saints. And so that's what you need to act like. You need to live up to that one who is who has rather set you apart. Now, again, that's something that we can't do on our own. We can't fulfill that on our own. It has to be an act of God. It has to be a work of God within our life. And if God's not at work within your life, then this may be a very, uh, the, the very indicator that you're not saved. You, you're not justified. Your sins have not been forgiven and you have not been sanctified. You've not been set apart. God's not at work in your life. You have no desire for holiness and sanctification whatsoever. So will I need that desire? The apostle Paul said, I'm sorry, the apostle Peter said, he said his newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word that they may grow in respect to their salvation. Yes, you ought to have a longing to be sanctified, to grow in respect of your salvation. If you don't, then friends, there's something very very wrong, and we need to recognize that. We need to understand that. So the question is, is, well, then how are we sanctified? How are we sanctified? Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 10 says, By this we will have, uh, have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. How are we sanctified through the body of Jesus Christ? Through him giving of himself as a sacrifice, we are then sanctified. Sanctified by the work that Jesus Christ has done on the cross of Calvary by his death, by his burial, and by his resurrection. Through that work, we are sanctified. And that work is once and for all. doesn't ever need to be repeated again. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. Never, ever needs to be repeated. His sacrifice is more than sufficient. So through the body of Jesus Christ, through the gospel, and through by us, by faith, receiving the gospel message of Jesus Christ. How are we sanctified? John chapter 17 and verse 17, Jesus was praying to the Father, and Jesus said, Sanctify them in truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify them in truth. Thy word is truth. It's by the truth of the word of God. It's by the hearing of the gospel. The piercing of the heart through the gospel. And the reception, the receiving of the gospels by a simple act of faith. Yes, I believe it. I'm going to receive it. How do I do that? Is by faith. By faith in Jesus Christ and by faith in Jesus Christ alone. And it's also a work of the Holy Spirit. As we recognize it's a work of the Holy Spirit, it's a work of the Spirit of God who is at work within our life. God uses through the power of the Holy Spirit the Word of God to sanctify us in the flesh. We're sanctified already in the Spirit, but to sanctify us in the flesh, He uses the Word of God. And how does He do that? He uses the Spirit of God He uses the Spirit of God to remind us of the gospel of God. But as we begin to look here in the Word of God, Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 13, the Bible says right here, So then, brethren, we are under 
uh, we're under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. No, we've died to the flesh. If you're in Christ, you've died to the flesh. So we're not under obligation to the flesh, he said in verse 13, for if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. So if you haven't died to the flesh, you need to die to the flesh. Again, how do you do that? By placing your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. But if by the Spirit you're putting to to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So by the Spirit, you're doing what? You're putting to death the deeds of the body. You're putting to death the deeds of the flesh. You're putting that to death. How are you doing it? Not by your own will, not by your own power, because you, first of all, you're not, you don't have any will. Apart from God even giving us the will, we have no will. And not by own, our, our own power, because we have no power. But by what? By the Spirit, you're putting to death the deeds of the body. So, by an act of the Holy Spirit, It is through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, of Jesus offering up his body once and for all for salvation. It is by the work of the Holy Spirit of using the word of God to sanctify us and the spirit of God to convict us of sin and righteousness and judgment to get that junk out and to get the good stuff in. So in the flesh, we are being sanctified. In the spirit, We are sanctified. We're called as saints because both of those works are an act of God. And praise God for it. To all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ.